0: Hi, this is the official podcast of Riverside International Church in Lisbon. Riverside is an international, contemporary, caring, and Christ-centered community. Our vision is to significantly impact the country of Portugal and the regions beyond with the gospel. Thank you for listening to us, and we hope that your life will be impacted by these teachings. God bless. We are so glad to have the opportunity to unfold God's Word with you through this podcast. Usually you would hear a message recording from our Sunday service, but unfortunately we had some technical problems and were not able to record the audio. Maybe you have been following this message series and we wouldn't want you to miss out on any of the messages. So today I get to speak directly to you, listener of this podcast about the fourth Church of Revelation in our message series entitled, Dear Church. If you have been following this series, you will have noticed these letters in Revelation are quite direct and straight to the point. Maybe not the easiest of messages to digest, but we believe in the power of the Word of God and that they will bear much fruit in our lives. One way to think about them is by comparing them to open-heart surgery, We would never choose to undergo such kind of surgery unless we really had to. But if we had to, we would hope that our doctor would be a specialist and have all the information and tools necessary to make us better. In our lives, our complicated and complex lives, Jesus is this surgeon who knows our hearts and knows how to fix them. As uncomfortable as it might be, as his church, we gratefully accept his care over us. We have already spoken about several churches. We started at Ephesus, moved up to Smyrna, then Pergamum, but now we turned the corner and are coming back down to Thyatira. Thyatira was the smallest of the seven cities, but it was the one which received the longest letter. Thyatira was a prosperous trading center. It was famous for its textiles, especially the production of purple cloth. Just a curious fact in Acts 16, verse 14, When Paul was at Philippi, he met Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from Thyatira. So let's start reading the letter in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 18. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, The words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. As we saw in the previous messages to the churches, Each time Jesus introduces himself in a unique way the expression son of God describes his deity because Jesus is God he has the right to judge and this church needed judgment now I know that oftentimes the word judgment makes us uncomfortable we don't like to talk about it anywhere never mind church possibly because we have different interpretations of the word Or maybe just because we don't believe anyone has the right over our lives. But in this letter, Jesus did introduce himself as the Son of Man, an expression that describes his humanity, the one who understands our struggles, because that is not what he is doing with this church. This church needed to be reminded that he is the one who judges and has the right to judge because he is perfectly loving, perfectly true, and perfectly just. Jesus not only has perfect authority, but the second thing about His description is that He has eyes like a flame of fire. This expression also suggests perfect discernment. Jesus sees right through us, right into us. He knows every thought, every motive, and every attitude. We might fool somebody else, and even ourselves, but God knows the real us. God knows what is in our heart individually and as a church. John MacArthur said, a church may feel satisfied with itself, have a good reputation in the community, or even with other churches, but the penetrating eyes of the Lord Jesus see it as it really is. And this should make us think about what is God seeing inside our hearts right now? What would he find in our behavior as individuals or as a church? The third thing about his description Is that he has feet like burnished bronze, shining bronze. Bronze often symbolizes judgment in the Old Testament, particularly in the tabernacle with the bronze laver for ritual washing. These feet of bronze indicated perfect power, strength for executing judgment. This week at Bible study we saw a passage in the book of Ephesians that described God's wrath Oftentimes we forget to see God as the judge of all mankind and will inevitably punish the sinner. Romans chapter 2 verses 5 to 8 say, For there is going to come a day of wrath when God will be the just judge of all the world. He will give each one whatever his deeds deserve. He will give eternal life to those who patiently do the will of God seeking for the unseen glory and honor and eternal life that He offers, but He will terribly punish those who fight against the truth of God and walk in evil ways. God's anger will be poured out upon them. God is clear that we all have two choices in life. Pursuing the will of God or not pursuing the will of God. What is the will of God? Jesus explained it when He said in John chapter 6, verse 40, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So this is God's will for you and for me, to believe in Jesus. The word believe in the Bible means more than simply agreeing in our minds that something might be true. It means trust that we believe so strongly in God that we are willing to commit our lives to Him and live the way we know He wants us to live. Suppose you were walking along a path, and you came to a bridge that crossed a deep abyss. You might look at it and believe that it would hold you, and you might even see other people walking across it so you know it would hold your weight. But so far, your belief in the bridge is only in your head. When do you really believe the bridge will hold you? You only really believe it when you are willing to commit your life to it and actually walk across it. It is the same way with Christ. Yes, we can believe that God exists, but God wants us to come to know Him personally. He has bridged the gap between us by sending His Son to remove the barrier of sin and become that bridge. God is going to bring judgment if you continue standing in the same place But you believe that Jesus gave his life to save you, you cross the bridge that brings you to safety with God forevermore. To believe in Christ is to commit our lives to live by faith in who Jesus is, to trust him personally as our Lord and Savior. If you've been living outside the will of God, our prayer is that you will come to truly believe in Christ and commit your life into following him. Let's continue to read the letter. Revelation chapter 2 verse 19. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. Another common thing in these letters is the expression, I know. Jesus knows the true you, your thoughts, feelings, motivations, and actions. And he points out the church's positive actions. Five important qualities, love, faith, service, patient endurance, and greater works. These qualities are important signs of spiritual growth, which we know is also God's will for us. But if we are honest, many times we do not feel we are growing spiritually. Very often we feel exactly the opposite, that we are spiritually stagnant. How many times we didn't feel like praying and reading the Word. It seemed like everyone else was on fire for God, but not us. We can all go through seasons where we feel weak, distant, and without motivation. The question is, what do we do when we feel spiritually stagnant? How can we go back to a path of spiritual growth? When King David was feeling spiritually stagnant, he wrote this prayer as a song in Psalm chapter 139, verses 23 and 24. Examine me, God. Look at my heart. Put me to the test. Know my anxious thoughts. Look to see if there is any idolatrous way in me. Then lead me on the eternal path. So, according to these verses, what did David do? And what do we need to do when we feel spiritually stagnant? First, we need to ask, what is inside my heart? Oftentimes we go through the motions and we forget how we really are. Only with God's help we can take a deep and honest look into our hearts. Second question, am I living with anxiety? We all have to think about a million things every day, But all that brain activity can easily lead to concern, worry, and anxiety. God wants to teach us to deal with all we have at hand with peace. Third, what is God's place in my life? We tend to see things like work, money, smartphones, Instagram, Netflix, as things that better our lives. But sometimes they become so big that they start taking over God's place in our lives. And we need to ask forgiveness and restore this relationship. And finally, am I living for eternity? We become spiritually stagnant when we focus our lives on temporary things of this world. We were not called for this. Our souls crave for what is eternal, for what is going to last forever. If you feel you are stagnant in your walk with God, be honest with Him and allow Him to examine your heart. But you also have to be real about working with God to fix whatever He is going to show you. Now let's continue reading in Revelation chapter 2, now verse 20. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing My servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. Jesus was examining the Church, and He also points out what was not going so well. Evidently, a false prophetess was leading believers into engaging in sexual immorality and dabbling in idolatry. This woman's name was probably not Jezebel, but she is called by that name because of the similarities to the Jezebel in the Old Testament, another idolatrous woman who opposed God's ways. Her behavior is described in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 21, verses 25 and 26. There was no one else who had devoted himself so completely to doing wrong in the Lord's sight as Ahab, all at the urging of his wife Jezebel. He committed the most shameful sins by worshiping idols, as the Amorites had done, whom the Lord had driven out of the land as the people of Israel advanced. Jezebel was a Gentile who married Ahab, the king of Israel, and she was a dominant influence on his life, persuading him to abandon the God of Israel and establish the religion of Baal in Israel. You can read more about her story in the Old Testament and understand the extent of her wicked ways. Jesus uses the story of Jezebel for the church to understand that they were being led away from God just like Ahab was. Thyatira had the opposite problem that Ephesus had. The church at Ephesus could not tolerate evil or false teachers, but they did not have love. Now here's a church that had lots of love, but they had become tolerant to false teachers. Tolerance without boundaries is dangerous. The church should be the gathering of repentant sinners and not indulging sinners. If Satan cannot destroy the church by persecution, which he tried to do in Smyrna and if he cannot destroy the church with temptations in popular culture as he tried in Pergamum he will try to destroy the church by corrupting it with evil and false teaching that was his strategy here in Thyatira there needs to be a healthy balance in our lives and in our churches we need to love but we also need to not tolerate sin I think Paul gives us a great guideline to live by in Ephesians 4:15 when he says speak the truth in love. Sometimes that is hard to do, but I believe God has called us to do that. Revelation chapter 2 verses 21 to 23 continues saying, I give her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed And those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation, unless they repent of her works, and I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am He who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. God gave this woman and their followers time to repent, but she refused, as so many that were with her. Sometimes people mistake God's patience with God's permission. People carry on living rejecting God's will, they see signs of His love and mercy over their lives, and they think God accepts their way of living. But notice what the Word says in Romans chapter 2, verses 4-5. to 5. Don't you realize how patient God is being with you, or don't you care? Can't you see that He has been waiting all this time without punishing you, to give you time to turn from your sin? His kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. But no, you won't listen, and so you are saving up terrible punishment for yourselves because of your stubbornness in refusing to turn from your sin. So we can see, God is still calling people to repentance. He has the power not only to save you from the wages of your sins, but also the power for you to turn from your sin. Do not turn a deaf ear when God points out something you need to repent of. Act on it before it's too late. Jesus' letter to Thyatira ends this way in Revelation 2, verses 24 to 29. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching... Who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan to you I say I do not lay on you any other burden only hold fast what you have until I come the one who conquers and who keeps my work until the end to him I will give authority over the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces even as I myself have received authority from my father And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Jesus has a word for those who remain faithful, those believers who did not fall into Satan's trap of darkness. They only needed to remain faithful to what they had received from Christ. Nothing more, nothing less. If they remain true to what they had received from Jesus, that would be enough to guard and guide them from stumbling until he comes back. How do you hold fast to the truth? Luke chapter 11 verse 28 says the people who are really blessed are the ones who hear and obey God's message. So I encourage you today: choose to obey God. Allow God's word to direct the way you live, your choices, your priorities. It's easy for us to diminish God's word to simple advice that you can choose to follow or not. But His word is not advice for life. It's the rule for life. Jesus shows us that you can possibly live outside of Him and expect a good ending. Either you are following Jesus or following the world. 1 John chapter 2, verse 17 says, The world is passing away, and with it, its shameful pursuits, and ungodly longings. But the one who does the will of God and carries out his purposes lives forever. Following the world will never offer you anything good. All the pleasures and freedoms it promises you are nothing but lies. The world is not telling you the truth, but God has shown us the truth in Jesus Christ, and he grants us real, abundant life. Jesus promises victory over everything the world throws at you. If you continue reading the book of Revelation, you see that Jesus here is referring to the end of times. But we can already start to live in this victory today. As children of God, we already have the morning star. Another way Jesus is described in Revelation 22:16: Jesus gave himself to his church and we will fellowship together forever. So as I end this message, let me ask you, are you holding firmly or are you wavering to the hope? Being very honest, are you following the world or following Jesus? Or maybe you are living in a season where you feel spiritually stagnant. If this is you, I encourage you to pray right now and invite Jesus to come examine your heart. Ask him for his power so that you can live for him wholeheartedly. If you have lost motivation, you feel empty and dry, come to Jesus as you are, for he has the power to satisfy your soul. May God bless you. We hope that God has touched your heart with the message that he wants to tell us. If you would like to be updated with the things that are happening in our church, you will follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Riverside Lisbon. Thank you for listening.